Hi, this is Dave Rose, founder of Undo the Hairball and your host for the Building Your Legacy podcast. Every episode is designed to help you achieve a sustained, fulfilled life as you go through the transitions of empty nest and retirement in your life. Through a series of guests, book reviews, personal experiences, and subject matter experts, this podcast will give you insights that will help you build a plan that will allow you to have a lasting positive impact on your family, your friends, and the community around you. So take a listen, give it a like, subscribe, add your comments, and just enjoy Undo the Hairball, Building Your Legacy. Now, on to the show. Hi, welcome to episode four. Our guests today are Wendy and Jamie Dore. Wendy is a retired school teacher and Jamie is a retired finance exec. They've been married for 39 years and currently reside in Nashville, Tennessee. They have two children, Erica and Christopher. Erica is married to Austin and they are the parents of the grandchild of Wendy and Jamie, Judah, and the impetus for their retirement plan and their move to Nashville. I think you'll enjoy our conversation and get some great insights as to how couples can plan ahead and give themselves a rich retirement and leave a lasting legacy on their family. Jamie, I just love for you to kind of tell your story a little bit. Uh, you've been retired now for a little bit. I know you made some life changes. Uh, take me through your story and how you got to the point you're at today. Uh, certainly, Dave. Yeah, the uh, I don't know. At a, around age 50, I realized, hey, I'm starting to get towards the end of the tunnel. But I spent my career surviving big corporations, right, and going through mm -hmm. rifts and all the changes with periodically and all that. And you learn from that. But at age 50, I said, hey, there's not a whole lot of old people in this place. I wasn't old at age 50, of course. Right. And um, and that really started making me realize. And I think the uh, the oldest child probably had graduated from college by then. Yeah. Or was about to. And the second one was, you know, getting on his way because so we could see, wow, we're about to get into those um, empty nester years. And so that sounds fun. Right. But Way in the back of my head was, all right, we got to keep a little bit of a plan on here. But, you know, for the most part, we ignored it, right? But mm -hmm. a little bit regularly was, what am I going to do when I retire? I'm healthy. Um, I, I expect a little long time. Do I have enough money? And what am I going to do? And the money side, you know, I've always been good with money. I'm a, a finance guy. So I kind of always had good plans there. I, I had to although we really had to focus on it a little bit and say, hey, wait a minute, we really need to be at a higher level of savings for the next eight or nine years to really retire at age 60. And that's kind of the goal Wendy and I both came up with because I said, hey, why not? Most people retire at 65, but you never know. Um, my dad died at age 70 and my mom a little, little older than that, but you never know. So let's enjoy life. So we set it at 60, kind of aggressive. But um, but so I so had to focus on savings and, and make some decisions to not buy nice toys, right? And, and put it more into savings so that we could do that. But then my biggest fear, and we can, I'll tell you a little later probably, mm -hmm. was what am I going to do every day? Because I'm a very active, like to be busy kind of guy. Um, well, we did it. We hit 60 and I actually retired. My last day at work was on my 60th birthday. So wow, congratulations. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, we um, also then packed up a move truck uh, two days later. So, <laughs> um, and, and Wendy can tell you more about that and uh -huh. stuff like that. But that's kind of that's 
that's where I am right now. We did it last year, so we're one year into this new project. Good. Wendy, how about you? Tell us a little about your story. Well, as you can hear, Jamie is the main planner in the family. <laughs> I'm not as big a planner as he is, and I'm not great with money. So I got very lucky with Jamie leading the way there. Um, I was a teacher, um, a public school teacher for like 20 years. And after COVID, it got harder and harder. And I felt like, you know what? And, and Jamie had talked about 60 retiring. And I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds good. Um, so when we got towards that time, you know, I found the, uh, the empty nest years really hard as I think a lot of moms do, I think more than dads and I, it felt kind of empty and I did have anxiety about what am I going to do? Like when, when I retire, I want to retire, but what am I going to do with my time? I did have some hobbies. I'm not as much as, as hyper as my husband is. He's very mm -hmm. hyper and always busy. But I, I was thinking, what am I going to do? Well, we just got really lucky that my daughter, um, you know, let us know she was pregnant with my grandchild and was due in April and my retirement date was May. So <laughs> it got that kind of really, it was luck. I mean, it was kind of lucky that that happened and it was a blessing. And um, so... I knew I wanted to be involved in her in her life and in the child's life. Uh, Jamie and I went through a time where we were like, we didn't know how involved we wanted to get. We were like, for a while, we were going to move to Chattanooga because we thought, well, you know, it's it's two hours away. It's in between the two kids and whatever. And then I have a very, very dear friend who I trust with with my life she's and she was she's always honest and she said well wendy you know what kind of grandparent do you want to be and i was like what do you mean she said because jamie and i had grown up that the grandparents come once or twice a year ours never came long you know and you know it's fun and everything but they're not really a part of the life and that's okay or and she the friend that i was speaking to her grandmother was a daily part of her life and she was telling me how much she enjoyed that and mm -hmm. she said, you just have to pick because if you pick, if you move to two hours away, even though it's only two hours, it's still going to be hard to get there. So you need to kind of decide. So we talked about it and we decided and to go to Nashville, um, even though it was kind of hard because my son's in Atlanta. But I mean, we joke around and said, well, you didn't procreate first. So exactly. Yeah. You get, you but, get to the back uh, of the line. Exactly. But he, he was fine. But um, so, yeah. And so it, it turned out really well. And we were both able to retire. She had the baby and we moved the, the you know, the week after, the month after that. So, uh but I did, I have found, as we'll discuss, I guess, later, some things to do other than that, because I didn't want to do that every day. I didn't want to do it all the time. And I didn't want to do it alone. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't want to be a daycare for her and her kid, you know. Right. I wanted it to be some, something that Jamie and I could do together. Cool. Um, and so, since, and we're expecting the second one in January, so then it's really going to get interesting. Yeah, so, exactly. Anyway, it, yeah. like, long story short, it was really luck. It was lucky. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like the uh, God or whoever, you know, whatever put that kind of happened and it kind of mm -hmm. gave me a purpose to cool. Uh, retire. Cool. Tell me a little bit about what you miss 
about your years teaching? Are there things that you miss? And then if you've missed them, how have you replaced those things? Yeah, I do. I do miss some of it. Um, I miss the kids. Mm -hmm. um, I miss having co-workers and being part of a staff. Um, and yeah, I do. I miss that. And I miss being really busy in a way, but I don't miss it. It's, I think if I went back to it, I would want to go back to retirement. Like I don't, I say I would like it, but I'm pretty busy now, so it's fine. But, um, really to make up for that, I've done, I've started volunteering. Um, I've done two, I do two volunteer. I volunteer at the zoo as a docent, which is teaching about the animals, which is kind of gives me the teaching thing. There's lots of kids involved there. I also do some pr uh, programs at the zoo where I can help the t p people teach. Um, and I also have just started recently, uh, volunteering at a, um, charter school right near our house, um, okay. helping them, helping the teachers there. So, you know, there's always something to do. You just have to find it. Right. Cool. You, Wendy, Wendy replaced the, the good things she liked with all of the same. And then she dropped everything else. The administration, there you go. the parents, et cetera. Yes. My, my wife is also a former teacher, retired teacher. And it's the same story, right? It was nice to leave some of that behind. So, yes. um, speaking of that, Jamie, from your standpoint, I know you were in, as you said, the corporate world for a while. That's how you built your career. Um, what do you miss about that and how did you replace it? Yeah, that's a good, good question. You know, I did, I had the, I was blessed to have some, uh, some really good jobs. I liked almost all the time. Monday morning was always not, not a bad thing. It was okay. Let's finish the work we were doing last week and, you know, build diving into a problem and figuring it out and coming up with strategy and presenting that to vice presidents and all that kind of stuff was really fun. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of work, but, you know, I had done that a lot, so it wasn't as new as as, as it was in the beginning. You know, it's, it became a thing, right? No big deal. Mm -hmm. But I realized I did miss that. So um, now I didn't miss all the other stuff, which is ninety five percent of the rest. Yeah, of <laughs> yeah exactly. And, and you know, the expectation, hey, the commitment, it's every day, right? Mm -hmm. So what I found myself now, I still, I've got my little office up in the in the third bedroom. Um, <laughs> It's even a better office than before. He's there for hours. No and, one really knows what goes and, on there. And there's a whole lot. <laughs> when you retire, and we don't have a, uh, we have a little pension, no annuities. I, you don't want to do, I don't like annuities. Uh, so it's a little pension, but there's a whole lot to manage with money more than yes. I realized before. And I kind of naturally do this. But besides that, um, I've, um, what have I done in the last year? A old coworker asked me right before I went to retire to, if I could lead one of his college classes um, at Rochester Institute of Technology um, on the three classes of accounting, right? I'm not an accountant, but I've dealt with accounting a lot. So I, I, I've done that now three years in a row. So that's just a twice a year thing, fall and spring. And I get on Zoom and I teach and it's kind of fun. Um, I um, And I've also done an expert, I became an expert uh, interviewer. I signed up, I ignored these guys for months and I finally said, sure. And they pay me a ridiculous amount of money per hour. And I only get like four hours a month, but they want my opinion on my old industry. Right. So okay. um, I do a little prep. Sometimes I don't have to prep at all. Other times I actually have to go and, and see what's current and look at some industry statistics and analyze. I've still got my Excel spreadsheet up and I'm doing this. Right. 
Uh -huh. um, and I realized that's fun. I still like to be the analyst that that I kind of was in my old role. Um, and but just a little bit, right? And it's mm -hmm. it's freedom of okay, I've got it out of me now, especially if the weather's not good, right? If the weather's mm -hmm. nice, um, then we don't do any of that stuff. We <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so those are the things I miss. All right, socially, the only other right, co-workers, you know, but co-workers are co-workers. It's nice to talk to them, but you're not really a deep relationship. I didn't really miss that. Um, but in, you know, in moving, we've lost, uh, you know, we still have our friends in Atlanta. We don't mm -hmm. see them as much. So there's a little bit of social misconnections, but I'm mm -hmm. working on building that and that'll take time. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of the, the one thing I miss from work. Um, that I don't have, except there's a big one. Wait a minute, there's a really big one, right? Okay. Which is, because I talked about the real deep thing is, hey, I thought my whole value in life was me, the smart guy in the room. Bingo. Tell the VPs, this is the pros and cons of something, right? Um, and that's how I got, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, reinforcement throughout mm -hmm. 40 years of work. And I realized, I realized that long ago that that's not really true. I can go and fix something or or lay out the garden or do something in my neighborhood or help volunteering and get that same level of satisfaction won't have it won't deal with millions of dollars of money but but mm -hmm. but it does the same thing so i got over that yeah. i started getting over that probably five or six or seven years ago and i think mm -hmm. no problem but i know a lot of people have a big problem with with losing that power that they think that they had in their old role yeah one of the things i find with some of my clients is they know it's time to retire when they don't get as juiced for some of the recognition and things they have yeah. in their workplace. It yeah. becomes, okay, that no longer gets me two weeks of feeling good about what I'm doing. Right. And, and I think that's always those telltale sign. It's probably time to think about doing something else, if you will. So, um, so from, a uh, one of the things I talk about with clients is gratitude and having a sense of gratitude about what you have in your life and what's in your life. Wendy, from your standpoint, what are some of the things that you're you're grateful for in your life today as a retired teacher? Oh, gosh, I'm grateful for so much. Um, I'm grateful that we're able to retire. Um, I'm grateful that I'm able to be a part of my grand, grandson's life and my daughter and son-in-law's life. Um, you know, before this, my daughter and I, I mean, we got along, but there was some, you know, mother-daughter stuff. You know how it goes. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but I feel like we've really developed a mutual respect for each other. Um, she respects me as a grandma, and I respect her as a mom. And it's a whole different relationship. So I'm grateful for that. And just grateful for Jamie that that he planned enough that we were able to do this. And just that he's he's a fun guy to be around. And we have a lot of fun together just everything. I'm grateful for my life. It's, it's really the best part of my life so far, I think is, is time. It's Good. been really, really great. And just, you know, people, a lot of people say to me, Oh, you, you know, you're the daycare for your daughter and it's your time. And, you know, my response to that is, well, what more important job is there? I agree. You know, it's kind of like, how could you be a teacher? Right. I could do that. <laughs> You're true. Well, yeah. how much more important job is there than 
influencing these children. Mm -hmm. Well, this is even more because it's my own, my flesh and blood child, mm -hmm. that grandchild that I'm influencing. And if I'm able to help and because the daycare here is just so ridiculous and there's right. no way it's really a problem, but that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just very grateful for every, my health also, um, I've remained very healthy, which has been good. And, you know, I continue to work on that. So good, good. Well, you fall right into my my legacy framework is I tell people your legacy is the positive impact you leave on others. And what you're describing is exactly that. It's not about how much money you have in the bank or does somebody pay you or anything like that. It's about, you know, your vision is your grandkids are going to be better human beings because their grandmother has spent time with them and your kids are going to be a position to have a better life because you're taking some of the burden off of them. And that's a neat legacy. So it's exactly what it's about. All right, Jamie, from your standpoint, as you um, as you think about kind of that achievement cycle and and uh, jumping off that, you know, kind of paddle wheel, if you will, um, what plans you have in the future? Do you have specific plans out there of things you still want to tackle or are you taking life more as it comes to you're making decisions on kind of that I'll do and that I won't? Tell me a little bit about kind of as you cast out in the future what you see. Yeah, well, I've I've. I'm always going to, I'm always trying to be more spontaneous, right? But mm -hmm. I still am a planner. So I, I can't not just plan. One of the things I've realized that I've been doing, I don't, maybe I probably never even told you this, Wendy. Wendy might say, Hey, do you want to do X? And I'm like, Okay, well, my, in my head, I was going to do Y this afternoon. Um, but then I'm like, Wait a minute. Not, there's really not any pressing. If my wife wants to do something else, even if I don't love it that much, it might be fun. I might learn about a new part of town or something. Just say yes. If my wife wants to do something with me, say yes. And I've been learning to do that more. And then I get to my other thing later. But um, I started in, in one of the, in this whole planning thing, right? Five, 10 years ago. Um, I said, I need, I need a bunch of hobbies, right? And I was working all the time and we were raising kids. I mean, I had I had I, I thought hobbies were like you know building things the traditional sense of hobbies i realized no hobby is any kind of interest right mm -hmm. so but i did build out especially the last couple of years a long list i think it i got started out with eight things and i think it's up to 13. um and i called it my core pursuits here's what cool. i really want to do when i'm retired okay and i'm not going to get to them all the first year some of them i did a fair amount before I retired, but others I had never done. I just always wanted to do one. So one mm -hmm. of them in that category was learning how to sail a boat and beekeeping. Um, I've never done either one, and I still haven't done either. <laughs> okay, so that's yeah. later. Um, but other things like you know travel, um, 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 a volunteer. I, I got to pull my list up here a little bit. Um, exercise. Um, home improvement projects and building things, um, um, new cooking skills. I cook a decent amount, but there were things I didn't really know how to do, like make pastry or or pasta uh -huh. and stuff like that. I kind of that's one of my goals. So, I, I in being process oriented, I also I think it was one of those health coaches from corporate world where we've got to talk to the health coaches. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't want to talk about eating more vegetables because I've been doing that fine. Okay. Here's my problem. What am I going to do when I retire? Right. And I, and I told her my problem and I said, I'm working on this list. And she says, have you ever thought about built, putting that list in next to your uh, value exercise? And I'm like, what are you talking about? So she helped coach me through a combination of that. All right. So she, 
I came up with three values, right? Three really important values. And those were being in community and loving people, right? That's the same mm -hmm. thing. Second was learning or growing, right? You got to always be growing, which is learning. And then the last thing was adventure and being active, right? So I actually built a matrix, those three things up top, <laughs> the 12 things down the well, side. that's what you're out. doing in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this one hits all three boxes. The next one only hit hiking, only hits active and growing. And, you know, and I'm able to like, okay, there were some that I, I can't even remember what they were. Like, you know, that doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really hit my real values mm -hmm. to where I want to take my life right so so that kind of fun stuff cool i didn't even mention that before in our conversations mm -hmm. but that value exercise along with what are my hobbies what do i want to do gives me a map that i'll look at once or twice a year to make sure okay do i need to go work on this and one of them was volunteering it, it took us six months it took me six months to finally get around to finding some local organizations that might have a good fit and mm -hmm. and now i'm you know well into those so it's a help. It's a helpful roadmap. And what sort of things are you doing to volunteer? So two things. Um, one is perfect for me. It's a street paper in Nashville called the Contributor, and a street paper is a paper that is usually written by homeless people or about homeless people, and it's an avenue for homeless people to make an income. So the organization will print a paper every two weeks. Um, there's a paid editor and a small staff. And then the organization will sell it to the homeless vendors um, who are almost always homeless in the beginning for 25 cents. And then they'll resell it on the street for $2. And so basically this organization gives them a job and helps them become entrepreneurs. We're not paying them a salary. It's up to them. So they learn they got to show up for work. They got to smile at customers. They got to collect from customers. And it gives them reinforces skills they might have had in the past. There's all kinds of issues I've seen with homelessness, right? And and mm -hmm. and, but it's and I've been so I work in the office and one day a week I interact with them. I also give them their papers and take their money and record it in the in the ledger. But uh, the biggest thing is I get to talk to them and I I'm always I'm like the sales consultant. My sales team, <laughs> my old sales people are laughing at me because I'm coaching homeless people on how to sell. Why didn't you? Why don't you think you sold many? Are you putting the right hours in? You got to smile. And I try to be nice about it, but I'm also pushing them a lot <laughs> to do yeah. that. So, so that's what the other the other one is full on exercise and activity. Uh, Habitat for Humanity. I'm a, a safe a supervisor on site. They call it an SOS. Okay. They'll give me six or eight people, and I'm just one step ahead of them in skills. But the goal will be to paint the inside of the house today, right? It'll be a church group or whatever group is volunteering. I'm kind of the volunteer supervisor in my one little house that that we're working on. Okay. So it gives me my cool. supervisory skills yeah. as well as let, let me get my hands dirty. One thing I did want to add is, I don't know if Jamie agrees with me, but I think moving to a new city when you retire is really, really good, mm. really mm -hmm. positive. Yeah. Um, it just makes it seem like you're starting a new life. You're not just like stopping your life. Yes. Yeah. You know? But I guess with, for some people that's not possible or they've got family they have to take. I mean, but for me, that that was really, really good for me. And I agree. Start over. Wendy, I agree. We were kind of blessed with, with our daughter being pregnant at the same time, right? If she hadn't 
if that had not happened, we would have we would have stayed in Atlanta. We mm -hmm. would have kept debating mountains or ocean, mountains or ocean, right? Um, and when the when the news about pregnancy came in, I lost all my votes at the, at the <laughs> yeah. So, so it was became Nashville, but we probably would have stayed in Atlanta for a couple more years, and that would have been a little harder because you're in your rut, you're in your thing. Mm -hmm. um, there's no cool restaurants to try. We've done them all, right? So right. certainly moving, even if you, if you could justify it, move quicker and not later. Um, mm -hmm. That is a big, I think, a big thing. And then you move somewhere fun. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a good point, too, about the kind of, like you say, the mountain, ocean, lake thing. A lot of people define that as the end point, And it really is a launching point. Right. You all landed in Nashville and it launched a whole different phase of your life. And, and I think some people think of retirement as stopping or slowing yeah. down or whatever. But you're oh. in a vibrant city doing a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. It, it also forces you to. And, and this is great. We used to talk about this regularly outside of complaining about the, what the boss was doing to me today. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah. both of us, but then you talk about good stuff is, are we, are we country? And we lived in the suburbs for most of our lives, but mm -hmm. are we, do we want the mountains or the ocean can be uh, more um, rural or more fewer mm -hmm. people. Right. And, more isolating. Or, and isolating or, or are we city people? And even that ocean, the fun thing, if you live in the mountains, there's more introverts in mountain communities than the ocean. The ocean, you seem to run into people at sunset on the beach more, having a cocktail. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, you get into some stereotypes there, but I think there might be some truth that. But we realize we're city people, and um, it's I love going out in the country, but I don't know if I could live there. So it'd be really tough if you made this big move and it, you built your whatever they call it, the final house, the perfect house. Yeah. Lots of people, I've, I've read lots of people after a couple of years realize that's not for me. Yep. And that's, that happens a lot. So, all right. Well, so Wendy, you, we've talked a lot about um, the, your path. What has surprised you most about your retirement? What are you most surprised about? I'm most surprised that I can stay as busy as I am okay. and be retired uh -huh. and that there's so much to do. There's so much to, to help with, you know? Um, yeah. They, they, volunteering is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Have you, have you found yourself feeling too busy at times or is it, are you able to calibrate being busy enough, but not overdoing it? Right. All, if I yeah. start to feel like I'm getting too busy, I just skip a couple days. There you, know? you go. Um, yeah, it's, it's, but yeah, no, it surprised me that how, how busy I can be being retired yeah yep agreed all right w one final retirement question then we'll get to the three questions and this is for both of you and jamie we'll start with you um you've you covered a lot of ground but if there's a couple things pieces of advice you would give people listening to this podcast that are in the throes of thinking about retiring what kind of advice would you give people uh, as they begin that journey down toward retirement all right i think the, it's it's the it's financial right um you, 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 if you you can't retire if you don't have enough money um mm -hmm. you get you might and you might get forced out i saw that all the time especially corporations so you better have enough money right because it might happen before your timetable a year or two or three so so get people should really spend time with a good financial planner most people i know don't understand very much on, on how much do I need and how do I get there and all that stuff. 
I've lived it for 30 years. I love that stuff, right? I, if it wasn't for the huge amount of, of certification that I would have to take, even I thought about maybe I should become a certified financial planner when I retire. It's too much work. So yeah. that's why I've said pretty much I don't want to do it. There's a whole lot of certifications, thing like that. But if you're not good at doing it yourself, and most people probably are not, find a good certified financial planner. And that's not your your guy, your stockbroker guy, your expert or your uncle or your friend. That's not the guy, right? Mm -hmm. Someone who is selling you stock uh, is going to get rewarded for you to buy an annuity. And that's the last thing people need. It's a lot of money and everything like that. Go and find a certified certified financial planner that you pay by the hour, mm -hmm. and, and it's gonna it's probably gonna cost a couple thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. um, but that's nothing compared to you, you knowing where I am when I can stop working. Because I hate to see people they keep working when they don't need to work because they're worried about money. And then I see people, and I've known people like that. Then I see people that do the opposite. They're like, "I'm tired of it now, and I'm gonna quit." Oh my gosh, you can't quit now. <laughs> So you'll be back. Yeah. An expert to tell you where you are and then deal with everything else. Um, mm -hmm. That's my first and Great. second and third piece of advice, I guess. Great. And Wendy, what other advice do you have for people as they contemplate retirement? Don't see it as an end. See it as a beginning right. um, and make sure to give time to others. Okay. Um, make yourself like a legacy, your legacy mm -hmm. of helping others and making life good for other people. And that will make life good for you. Great. All right. Great conversation. And uh, first time I've asked my three questions and you all are the guinea pigs for this. And on episode 300, I'll bring you all back and see if your answers have changed. Okay. So um, we'll, what we'll do is, Wendy, I'll ask you the first question. And then Jamie, you can respond to that question. And then I'll ask Jamie the second question. Wendy, you can respond and so on. So you'll both give an answer. And if you like your spouse's answer, feel free to steal it. This is, there's no right <laughs> or wrong answers. All right. So Wendy, the first question is, what is your favorite word? Judah. That's my ah, grandson's name. <laughs> there you go. I love that. That's good. All right, Jamie, your favorite word. Well, it's, I can't be as fun as Wendy. My favorite word is is capitulate oh there you go because it's often in negotiation or or countries or you know who capitulated uh, -huh. uh is what i said during last he never does it. <laughs> yeah i'm a nerd she's fun right that's yeah, let's go yeah i like that word capitulate i will say i've used this question for about 35 years and that's only the second time i've ever heard capitulate so that's really good <laughs> yeah that's very good yeah all right jamie to you what's your favorite food I, there's so many. Um, uh, um, the first thing that comes to mind is chicken thighs that are, you know, with garlic <laughs> and lemon and, and braised. There you go. Okay, Wendy, was he right? Is that his favorite food? I think so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Wendy. Not, it's not mine. Okay, there you go. What's your favorite, favorite food? Ice cream, hands down. Ice there you cream. Go. Specific flavor? Chocolate anything. Okay, there you go. All right. And the last of the three questions. Wendy, what are three adjectives you would use to describe yourself? She's a teacher, so she knows what adjectives uh, are. Three adjectives to describe myself. Um, gosh. Caring. Okay. Uh, how do I say this? Anxious sometimes. Okay. I can get anxious. And um, fun. 
I like it. And Jamie, to wrap it up, the three adjectives you use to describe yourself. And, and these, I, I wouldn't have known how to do that without that values exercise a couple of years uh -huh. ago. So it's it's really lovingly, lovingly, lovingly um, growing, right, and learning, or and being very active, actively. Um, and I struggle with ad, adverb versus adjective, but activity yeah. and loving and learning. As non-teachers, we can do that, right? We, right. Can, exactly. we can round off to the nearest whatever those are called. So cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time today. I think this was a great conversation. I'm sure the audience will find it fun.